Today is indeed baptism of the Lord Sunday, but it's also the day that we learn about Solomon in our uh, full church Bible study. And so we have a difficult choice. We can either read the story of Christ's baptism or we can go ahead and learn about Solomon. And I'm always indecisive. So we're just going to do both. We're going to read both a passage about Solomon and a passage about uh, Christ's baptism. Now, uh, a number of us have asked about uh, our full church Bible study and when, when we get back into it and where to start. We are starting now. Um, if you didn't jump back in last week, uh, we are in chapter 13 of our all-church Bible story called The Story, and uh, that is the chapter about Solomon. So if you are a little bit behind, it's okay. You can skip and just catch up in chapter 13. If you're a little ahead, that's okay. Just relax, and uh, you can wait for us. And if you're not reading at all, that's okay. We're going to read the passage this morning, and you will be uh, right on, on uh, the same page with the rest of us. So we are first going to read from uh, the book of Proverbs, uh, then we'll have our anthem, which comes from our Mark passage, and then we will read from the gospel according to Mark. But first, before we go to God's word, let us go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for the abundance of blessings you shower upon us. We thank you for the blessings we find each time we come to your word. We ask as we turn to scripture today that you would be here with us, that you would help us to learn more and more who you are and who you have created us to be. We ask as we turn to Proverbs and to the gospel that you would show us how much it means that you chose to be baptized and how much it means that you have chosen to love us no matter what. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So our first lesson comes from the book of Proverbs, a book that is often attributed in large part to Solomon. We'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 to 9. Listen to the word of God. Listen, children, to a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender and my mother's favorite, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom and whatever else you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a fair garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Amen. As we turn now to our New Testament lesson, which we just heard in song, we'll be reading from Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. Mark 1, 9 to 11. Listen to the word of God. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. 
And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, as we turn our thoughts and attentions now to your word, we ask that you would help the words of Scripture to find their way into our lives, that we might come to know not only who you are, but who you have created us to be and how you have called us to live, that we might leave this worship time a changed people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. That does not make any sense. And when you really think about it, this borders on the absurd that Jesus would come out to be baptized by John. This is Jesus. Jesus Christ, Savior of all humanity, including John, who comes out to be baptized by John. This is Jesus, who we believe to be uh, the example of a perfect and sinless life, coming out to the river to be baptized by an ordinary sinner like us. This is Jesus, who the creed tells us is the only begotten Son of God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, and he comes to be baptized by a preacher and a camel hair coat. This is Jesus, God from God, light from light, very God from very God, who comes out to be baptized by John. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And there's, there's something almost, almost ridiculous in watching Jesus Christ uh, coming to be baptized by John in the waters of the Jordan. And yet, as he does so, I think there's something kind of powerful in this moment. It seems as if perhaps, as he often does, Jesus is doing this on purpose. There's something behind his decision to come to John for baptism. That's why we celebrate baptism of the Lord Sunday, because we believe, as absurd as it sounds, there's something very important in this moment. And every time we celebrate this Sunday, we look at these words, we read this story, we learn something about who God is. And I think today there's something very important for us in this story uh, for where we are right now. And I think we can actually see it in the life of Solomon. And it just so happens we in our Bible story are reading the life of Solomon. You love it when things like that work out. And so we read from the book of Proverbs, and I think if we want to understand why Jesus went out to John, we can find a clue in the book of Proverbs. Our passage from Proverbs today came from chapter 4, and it serves almost as kind of a thesis for the rest of the book. It's a chapter where we see a, a father handing wisdom down to a son, which may be Solomon himself writing these words for his actual son. Or it, it could be uh, Solomon uh, using this notion of a son as a metaphor for all of us who would read these words and learn from them. Either way, in this chapter, we find the author telling us how important wisdom is. That wisdom uh, comes before anything else. 
Whatever you do, get wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom and whatever else you get, get understanding, get insight. As we read these words, we see how important wisdom is, but we see something else as well. In addition to the description of wisdom, this passage is modeling something for us. It shows us the way that we gain wisdom. It models the transmission of wisdom. We watch as Solomon explains, these are words that he was given by his own father, David. And they are words that he is now handing on to the generations who will come behind him. You can gain knowledge all by yourself. But wisdom? Wisdom tends to come from other people. In fact, wisdom often comes from the generations before us and the people around us. We see that modeled in this passage, but as we read the rest of the book of Proverbs, they spell it out directly. They will tell us over and over and over that wisdom comes from advisors. Wisdom comes from instructors. Wisdom comes from guides. Wisdom comes from counselors. Wisdom comes from community. In chapter 11, verse 14, Proverbs tells us that where there is no guidance, a nation falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. In chapter 15, verse 22, Proverbs tells us that without counsel, plans go wrong, but with many advisors, they succeed. Chapter 19, 20 encourages us, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom for the future. Perhaps uh, most famously in chapter 27, we're told that iron sharpens iron and one person sharpens the wits of another. Over and over in Proverbs, we see that wisdom comes from the people around us. The path to wisdom is best traveled together. This book of Proverbs, a book about wisdom for living your faith, seems to tell us that the best way to live your faith is in fellowship. The best way to engage in ministry is as a community. Wisdom comes from one another. We need each other. And as we learn this strange thing about wisdom, that wisdom comes from the people around us, it it requires a, a very difficult kind of humility. It requires the humility to recognize that you have something to learn from the people around you. No matter uh, what degrees you hold or what credentials you carry, wisdom requires the humility to acknowledge that you will always be wiser when you seek counsel from those around you. And it requires another kind of humility, an even harder humility. The humility to recognize that whatever it is you're working on, whether you're a professor or a CEO or the king of a nation like Solomon, whatever you're working on, it's not as important as providing wise counsel to the generation behind you. A humility to recognize that there are things more important than our own concerns. But that's a sermon for another day. And today we are looking at the baptism of the Lord. And as we read in Proverbs that wisdom comes from community, that the path towards wisdom is best traveled together, that our faith is best lived in fellowship, that ministry is done as a community, we watch as Jesus begins his own ministry, his own example of how to live a life of faith by coming out to John for baptism. And it is absurd. 
It's so absurd that John recognizes how silly the moment is, and initially, John refuses to baptize Jesus. Matthew tells us that when Jesus came to John, John said, no, this doesn't make any sense. We should trade places, and you should baptize me. But Jesus, in his humility, insists. And in that moment, Jesus chooses to begin his ministry by joining a fellowship of faith. He chooses to do his ministry by joining a community, by by being baptized, this sign, this visible sign of an invisible grace. He chooses to find this this outward signification of an inward truth. He chooses at that moment to be baptized and to join in this community. And then Mark tells us he's immediately drawn out into the wilderness where he's tempted by Satan. And then he calls the disciples and he starts this community thing all over again. And that's equally absurd. Jesus does not need Peter's help. He just doesn't. Jesus does not need Bartholomew to be the savior. Jesus does not need to rely on Thomas to be Lord. And yet, he chooses to build this community of disciples to go with him, to journey with him, to be part of his ministry, to be part of his faith. Jesus chooses to walk this path toward wisdom together. He chooses to do his ministry in community. He chooses to live his faith in fellowship. This is a very, very hard lesson for us where we are right now. Because we don't do together very well. And the last few years, as a wider society, together has gotten very, very hard. The division between one one generation and the next is wider than it's ever been. The division between one neighborhood and the next is deeper than it has ever been. The division between one culture and the next, one political party and the next, one ideology and the next, one culture and the next, one race and the next, one gender and the next, one understanding and the next is deeper than it has ever been. We do not do together very well. And as we look at how hard it is to do this together, it can become overwhelming. It feels as if there's nothing we can do to make a difference. And I think maybe, maybe that's why worship has become so important to us. I'm over the last two years, while we've watched the world grow apart, we have chosen to come together Every Sunday, we have chosen to join our voices in song in the chapel and in the sanctuary and at home. And if you are watching at home, I hope you sing out loud. We have chosen to join our hearts in prayer. We have chosen to join our ears as we listen to scripture. We have chosen to join even our finances to do ministry in our community. We have chosen to worship God together when we get along and when we disagree, and especially when we disagree. We have chosen that nothing will stop us from coming together to worship. Because we can't control what's happening in the world around us, but we can control how we behave and how we respect one another. And we can control what we do on Sunday morning as we gather together to worship God. We can show the world around us what it looks like to come together, to travel this road to wisdom together, to do ministry as a community, to live our faith 
in fellowship, we have chosen as a church that we will do this together. As we read Proverbs, as we read the story about the baptism of Christ, we find this notion that we need one another. That is a hard lesson for this day. And yet here we are. As Jesus begins his earthly ministry, the first thing he does is he heads out to John to be baptized in the river. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased. We need each other. We are called together. And when we come together, we will find that God is well pleased. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.